this is Andrew Gamison coming to you once again from my home studio here in Howard City. I'm grateful to be with you again on this Friday. Uh, it's becoming a routine for me to record from here. I'm still hoping to get back into the studio as things open up, but it's good to know that I can record from here and that I'm learning more and more each week and hopefully bringing you a more polished product each week. But more important than that, I hope that I am encouraging you during this time uh, where it can be easy to get our spirits down. And on this day, as I am recording, I'm looking out my window and seeing gloomy clouds. But as Annie once said in a great musical, The sun will come out tomorrow. Um, now, I'm not sure, I haven't looked at the forecast in the last little bit to guarantee, but I do know that Jesus Christ the Son is with us yesterday, today, and forever. So in that respect, the Son indeed will come out tomorrow, for in fact, He is with us today. Well, with that introduction, I just want to let you know that today um, I want to review for you episode 6 of The Chosen. And I've really enjoyed reviewing these episodes, and I really have appreciated uh, the effort and the attention to detail and just the heart that Dallas Jenkins has poured into this project. And my hope is that I can contact him on Twitter um, sometime in the next few weeks and hopefully schedule a time for him to be on the show, because I would really like to have an opportunity to talk to him about, um, personally about what went into um, the creation of this show. Um, but first of all, um, before I get into that review, uh, it's now been 11 weeks as of the day that this is posted, um, Friday, May 29th, since we have been, or I have been, home from work um, because the school year um, was shut down, at least publicly gathering for the school year. Our school year at Potter's House officially wraps up next Friday with the last day of school. And our seniors have, uh, most of them, been done for a while now. Some are scrambling to finish, some students, but we are grateful to know that many of them have done well and we're cheering them on to the finish line and hoping that um, they all will finish well, as the Apostle Paul says. So... I've been doing pretty well, you know, I know I say this a lot, but if I were to look ahead from March in a crystal ball or or have some knowledge of the future and know that um, after 11 weeks, uh, the only place I'd ever um, been in public is in a bank drive through I, I would have thought that was crazy. I'm grateful. But the reality is that we can't see into the future because if we did, don't you think we would worry more? We tend to think that we would worry less if we if we knew the future. Uh, but I think we would actually worry more because if we saw the future, we'd be like, well, what's the journey going to be like to get to that future point? And so I think it's of God's mercy that he reveals to us um, just a little bit at a time. That's why he says... Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, and so in Psalm 119, 105, I believe, 
And so we need to be cognizant of that, that God gives us that which we can handle. And then also, before I dig into my show review for today, I just want to say quickly a couple things. Number one, prayers for George Floyd and his family. Uh, it's It's been a news story that's been ripping through um, my social media feeds, and um, I just pray for the family. I pray uh, that they will get justice. Um, all indications are that these four police officers that were involved in dealing with him dealt with him improperly. Um, there is no reason why after he was handcuffed he couldn't be placed into the squad car and taken down to the police station for any sort of interrogation that needed to happen at that point. Um, but I just, you know, I don't know any more details than that. I'm not really going to say a whole lot more than that. Other than we need to band together. We need to continue to love one another and we can't allow these incidents to derail us from our number one goal, which is to love one another. And that I hope we can continue doing with gusto uh, because that's what God wants us to do. He calls us to love. And point of clarification here, I think it's important to mention here that that love is not always easy. Love is not always pleasant. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I only say that to say that a lot of times we masquerade um, love or or we, we preach total acceptance um, in, the, in the guise of love, uh, even if the attitude or the thing that we're accepting is totally abhorrent to the will and the ways of God. So we need to make sure that we balance that. Um, as Jesus says, we need to be wise as serpent and um, gentle as doves. So um, wise as serpent and gentle as doves uh, is a good thing to remember as we are going forward. Also, next week is episode 400 of the Speaking Firm podcast. When... You are starting up a project such as the Speaking for Him podcast. You never really see out in front of you a big number like the number 400. You simply, you, it's simply just something that is out there in the ether and seems not uh, achievable. But we have now been podcasting for what will be, uh, eight years in October and I have to tell you that it's been an amazing journey all the way through. God has certainly sustained us. I was looking back at the shows that we've done just since I've been home and it's been like seven or eight shows um, because of the fact that I was not able to go back to the studio yet and I had I think two shows in the can um that I could air that were done in the studio for the lockdown, which is awesome. But then I'm left here with, uh, no new shows to share with you. And so I had to learn how to do this podcast thing on my own. And it's really liberating to tell you the truth. Um, now I have to say one of the good slash bad things, it's kind of a combo for me 
is the fact that as I've learned to edit, I've gotten more and more picky about the content, which means editing takes longer and longer, which is not necessarily the greatest of things. But I hope that the quality and attention to excellence is coming through. And most importantly, I hope that God is being glorified through it. All right, well, today we're reviewing episode six of The Chosen. And for those of you who may be listening to this ep- this podcast for the first time, or maybe you just haven't caught all the episodes, just to catch you up, The Chosen is a multi-episode uh, series about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And actually, right now, they're in the process of raising money for season two, and they're already writing episodes for season two. Um, in this era in which we watch TV online and we binge watch, quote-unquote, uh, television, Dallas Jenkins thought, well, why isn't there a a binge-watchable show about Jesus? Because there are definitely enough interesting things about the man Jesus and the Son of God Jesus, obviously, to merit a TV show. So his vision is to do a seven or eight season uh, long uh, series on the life of Jesus. And he has completed season one of of eight episodes. And so far, I've just been extremely impressed. This episode um, that I'm reviewing today starts out with a guy going into a pawn shop, basically, and selling some of his goods, only to have the person that's working there find out that he's a leper and chase him off because, of course, he was unclean. The essentials of leprosy in the Bible times were this, that you were deemed unclean if you had leprosy and you were um, told to separate yourself from the rest of society. And so this leper was all covered up, trying to hide the fact that he had leprosy. And this guy found out and gave him money, but sent him on his way. And then fast forward a little ways and you see Jesus out with his followers talking with an an uh, an Egyptian woman and he actually talks to her in Egyptian because he grew up in Egypt. Now we don't read about him learning Egyptian particularly, but we do know that he lived in Egypt for a good few years if we read the biblical account. And so... It's very possible that he might have learned Egyptian and learned at least somewhat how to live within that culture. So this leper comes to Jesus and says, I heard about the wedding in Cana. My my friend or my relative was at the wedding. They saw what you did with the wine. I know and I believe that if you heal me, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I'll make you clean. And he heals the man. And I have to say, the special effects and the way they show the the healing was pretty exciting. Um, and then um, we, we kind of move on to the, the central part of the story, which is Jesus coming in this series. They framed it as the house of Zebedee, uh, James and John's dad. I, I like the fact that, that, it, the implication was kind of that, that Jesus wanted to um, maintain a connection with 
James and John's family. I find that believable, especially when you consider that Salome would later join them in their journeys, if you read through the scriptures. And uh, she was actually one who asked Jesus if her sons could sit on the right hand and on the left uh, in his kingdom. And Jesus said, you don't know what you asked for. And of course, that caused strife with the other disciples. And of course, James and John would quickly learn that it was much more costly than they really realized. So important things to know. But we were brought to um, the central part of the story, which is during this meeting, a man who is lame is brought to Jesus to be healed. Now, this man being lame can't get himself there. So his friends come and bring him to Jesus. And I have to tell you, I'm an emotional guy. I often weep at moving depictions on television. I'm pretty sure there were other parts of The Chosen uh, that have gotten me choking, choked up. But I, I felt particularly emotional watching this episode. And the reason is this, that I am in a wheelchair, for those who may not know. If you listen for any length of time, you know that I freely talk about this, so it's not a shock to any of you. But it's something that I deal with as my daily reality. And there was actually a time, a point in a time, where I was... Um, where we were doing different stories of Jesus as skits for Potter's House Discipleship. This was before I was put on staff, but I was a discipleship volunteer. And there was a time when we were doing skits, and uh, we were assigned different teachings in the life of Jesus. I think, um, I forget what the exact series was, but I was assigned with my group to do a skit about the the lame man walking. And then after I got that assignment, the discipleship leader pulled me aside and said, are you sure you're okay with that? Because knowing that you are still in a wheelchair and you haven't been healed in this particular regard, are you okay with it? And my honest reply was yes, uh, because I've come to realize and believe that God is using me in a more effective way because of my wheelchair than he would without it. Now, I know there are people that have told me, hey, if you had enough faith, you could get out of this wheelchair. Um, and I believe that God can heal me. Make no mistake. But I believe that God is doing a work in me and he's using this wheelchair, my thorn in the flesh, to save me from trouble, to help me to deal with the difficulties of life, and to spread hope and encouragement to one another. Because if I can accomplish what I can accomplish in a wheelchair, then those of you that have two healthy legs can certainly accomplish um, so much more. And I really feel the burden, not not a heavy burden, not an unwelcome burden, but the burden um, and, and perhaps the exciting opportunity Opportunity would be a better way to put it um, of spreading that message whenever I go into the halls of the Potter's house. And so watching this uh, healing take place, you see so many things. You, you see a friend desperate to get 
their friend to Jesus. And, and so should we all be desperate to get our friends to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Um, if you are a true friend to someone, you should be desperate for them to come to Jesus. I have friends that I've been praying for for years. I have relatives, my uncle, who I've been praying for for years, that they would come to know Jesus. Because to know him is life eternal. And then you have the man himself who is, who through the process of this issue becomes more and more desperate to see Jesus because at first people try to dissuade him because they're like, you can't get in. There's too many people. And then they take him up on the roof and then people get mad, uh, about him tearing up the roof. And of course, a lot of the dialogue that we see in this, in this episode of the chosen does not appear in the Bible, but we can definitely sense that attitude. I whenever I read that passage of scripture, I'm always thinking, well, this, I can, I can totally see them, you know, pulling out the thatches on the roof. Cause that's the picture I get of the kind of houses they had was the straw thatched roof. They pull out the thatches of the roof and the roof tiles fall right in on the Pharisees uh, or the other unbelieving people. They can't believe that this roof is being torn off. And then the man is carefully lowered down to Jesus. And the first thing Jesus says to him is, your sins are forgiven. Now I want to address one particular thing first of all uh, we hear about the friend's faith but we know from what Jesus uh, says to this man that uh, that God has done a work in his heart as well because he says your sins are forgiven and we know from the scriptures that we all need to make a personal decision for the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved uh, we don't see any of any instance of somebody else believing to bring us salvation. But when Andrew believed that he found the Messiah, he brought Peter to him so that he could um, know the truth. When Philip believed in the Messiah, he talked to the Ethiopian eunuch and shared with him the truth. When, um, and the list goes on and on. So for you and me, as we are believing God, um, we need to be willing to bring our friends to the Lord Jesus. And of course, the first thing Jesus says is your sins are forgiven you. The most significant thing about this time was not that the man got up and walked, although it was miraculous and exciting and amazing in its own right. It wasn't the most significant thing. The most significant thing was hearing your sins are forgiven you. That is the point of many of Jesus' miracles, if not all. I think all is the better way to put it. That the point of Jesus' miracles is to use a physical reality and a physical change that's done supernaturally to share a spiritual truth. And I really do believe that that is why, um, maybe one reason why, uh, you don't necessarily see as many miracles today, at least in the same way as they are laid out in the Bible. Because when Jesus does a miracle, 
he is um, showing a particular truth. When he healed the man with leprosy, he was showing us that just like sin, we can't get rid of it by ourselves. That man was at the end of himself and he said, I know if you are willing, you can make me clean. And and the the lame man, he couldn't go anywhere without his friends. I mean, I have the privilege in the day and age in which we live to ride around in a wheelchair, to be able to get around my house in a wheelchair and to be able to get out in a van and go places and and work a job, which Lord willing, I'll be returning to in the fall and, you know, continuing to do that. But this man was most likely just on a pallet, just laying around living life, not able to walk. And Jesus comes in and he changes the situation. And what God is showing us in both of these cases is that we can't change our lives by ourselves. Only he can change our life. The Bible says that if the Son, therefore, shall set you free, you will be free indeed. Remember in John chapter 8, the Pharisees said, uh, we are in bondage to no one. But they didn't even realize that they had been in bondage to the Egyptians, and at that very moment when they're talking to Jesus, they were in bondage to Rome. They had to go to Rome to get permission to execute him because they didn't have permission to do that on their own. So... I think it's important for us to realize that God's miracles have a specific purpose and the spiritual the spiritual component of the miracle is of far greater importance than the physical one. Remember, Paul had a thorn in the flesh that he was not able to erase just because he asked God for it. God said, my grace is sufficient. He also had a friend named Epaphroditus who he was not able to heal he was at the point of death and God had to restore him. Paul just couldn't go in and wave a magic wand and uh, and heal him. He had to wait for God to do the healing. Um, and yes, there were some times when God allowed Paul to basically heal instantaneously. But again, I think they had very specific purposes at a very specific time to work out God's plan. And so... We need to keep that in mind when studying this particular story. All right, well, I'll be back with some wrap-up um, statements and then uh, a really special uh, ending to the podcast. But first, I want you to hear this clip from The Chosen, Episode 6, about the healing of the paralyzed man. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you. And so that you may know. That the Son of Man 
has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. chosen episode six about the healing of the paralytic um and i just i i I just sat and watched again this morning in wonder um to see it unfold uh because i know that um they are men uh, imperfect men portraying these roles that that it's 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 a man-made show but it brings out the spiritual truth so well. And one of the things I like is I saw a YouTube video that was Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, talking with Dallas Jenkins for almost an hour about the joys and the challenges of bringing Jesus to the screen. And one of the reason, one of the things that really impressed me was there was a time, I think, during this shooting of this episode where Jonathan Rumi said, stop a moment, I need to slow down, I need to process this because I don't feel worthy to record this. And Dallas said, "I, I when, when that happens, I know that we're on the right track. Because he said, I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, he's right. The best way for us to be used by God is to know that we can't do it ourselves. Because it's only when we um, realize that we're crackpots and let him fill in the cracks that big things happen for him through us. And so I want to encourage you uh, to not be discouraged about being a crackpot, but rather rejoice in the fact that despite the fact that you are a cracked pot, that the master potter can fill in those cracks with his grace and his love. He can pour it out on you so that you can pour it into other people. And my my encouragement and my um, 
imploring plea to you today is to do that. Remember at the start of this podcast, we talked about George Floyd and family, and, and I talked about the fact that this incident needs to motivate us more than ever to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to continue to love as he loved, to be unconditional in our regard for others, because God will be honored that way. All right, well, I promised something special at the end of this episode, and I have a little clip from Steve and Annie Chapman. Uh, this is a couple that were very popular singers on the Christian uh, radio circuit when I was a kid. I remember winning tickets to a Stephen Annie Chapman concert. They wrote a song about the paralytic, and I'm going to share with you just the first verse of that song in this audio clip, and then I will wrap up with some final thoughts. Andrew at speaking the number for him.com. 
The rest of my contact information will roll at the end of the show, including my blog, where you can leave a two-minute voicemail message if you will not be available at the time of recording. I will do my best to have the exact time of recording up by Tuesday of next week. I'm hoping that it will be Thursday, probably Thursday evening, because of the schedule of the people that I would like to have on the show. Never in my wildest did I ever think that I would be able to stick to some, something for that long. And there's been a lot of times where I've basically gotten burnt out on this podcast thing, but every single time that starts to happen, God comes through with more content and more opportunities, and I couldn't be more excited for for the future of the podcast, especially as I have learned to to do a lot more of the work myself, and it gives me great satisfaction to be able to bring you fresh content every single week. All right, with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful uh, weekend and that you keep serving the best masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.